swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we examine the IMDb Top 250 and anger a million people with our bad faith arguments. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today, we're talking about another film on the list. Steven Spielberg's Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. The movie, which was an adaptation of the 1954 movie Secret of the Incas, which was released on June 12th, 1981, to general acclaim. Vincent Camby of the National Board of Review labeled the film an instant classic. Harrison Ford also got a significant amount of praise for his role as Indiana Jones, with Roger Ebert concluding that he showed a charming toughness on screen. It was also claimed that his performance was similar to Humphrey Bogart's in The Treasure of Sierra Madre. So it's now up to us to take these great words etched in history and make the audience realize why they are wrong. But before we whip our way through those trappings, but before we whip our way through those trappings, what makes you happy today, Mr. Raji? Um, what makes me happy today is I have uh, spent a significant amount of this weekend working on my office. And I think this is a is an audio component, but I think that um, I was filming from a closet in my apartment, yeah. uh, but I felt it was unbe- unbecoming uh, and decided to fix up my living room, uh, my office space a little bit more. Now it's a lot better with microphones everywhere, my Newcastle flag hanging in the corner of the room, and all my devices in a box. And I have to thank my wife for all the help she's done with it. I love this place now. How about you? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm still in sourdough mania. <laughs> But it's great. I made pizza last week, and I was very happy with the results. Um, it's a That's learning awesome. curve. Everything is a learning curve, but it's so fun to just kind of, you know, experience the living and breathing, literally kind of dough, just kind of do its thing. It's cool. Um, it's not, like, super perfect yet, but I'm learning, and it's fun. And, uh, yeah, that makes me happy. It's great. I'm really it's glad a, to hear. It's the simple things in life, you know? As, as a German, bread is important. So having having good bread and the fingertips now and like two days of work, it's, it's pretty fun. I'm glad to hear because I remember yesterday, last, uh, the last episode, you mentioned how America's bread is not as great as, uh, as German's bread. And uh, you said you were willing to start a war on it. But I... <laughs> <laughs> you know, fight me. <laughs> America- <laughs> American bread has its place, but uh, yeah, I also don't understand why there's no texture to it at all. Like we need, we need some substance in our breads. All right. Well, one of these days we'll see how that bread comes to be. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, aside from that, you know, watching a lot of movies. Um, most of them are not that great. It's like these days movies are kind of just eh, I don't know. Um, but I did see a movie that I really liked, and uh, it was Reality on H- on HBO, I think. Sydney Sweeney, who's great. Um, it's a, essentially a um, dramatization of an FBI interview with a real person who leaked mm. documents. But it's well done. Like, acting is really good. It's great. I, I highly recommend it. So is this the uh, reality winner, the woman who... Yep. Uh, uh, interesting. You know, it's it's fascinating how uh, leaked documents uh, is entering into our periphery again these days. 
somehow, mm-hmm. some way, we get to learn about the government, even if we don't want to. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, <laughs> what's a weird way to segue into uh, a summary? What we also don't want to do is jump into this discussion without having any idea of what this movie is about. I think that's a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> winging it today so let's hear synopsis set in the 1930s indiana jones raiders of the lost ark follows the iconic archaeologist indiana jones as he races against the nazis in a quest to find the biblical artifact known as the ark of the covenant tasked with recovering the ancient relic before its immense power falls into the wrong hands jones embarks on a perilous journey that takes him from nepal to egypt Along the way, he faces treacherous traps, fierce adversaries, and encounters both old allies and romantic interests. Packed with thrilling action sequences, memorable characters, and an enduring sense of adventure, the film became a classic in the action-adventure genre. That was a mouthful. That was a lot. Um, Mr. Raji, where yes. do you want to stand on the coin flip? I'm going to go with heads today. Going with heads. Tails. Okay. What's your take on this? Uh, I'm going to go against it. You're going to go against it. All right. I'm going to go for this movie. <laughs> I feel like you, you've spoken against uh, some, some heavy hitters the other past. <laughs> so let's, let's try this one. All right. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. Your honor. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, interestingly enough, First time I've seen this movie. <laughs> I didn't know this, but uh, none of this rang like familiar to me. So um, aside from all the the uh, the famous scenes, besides the point, um, this movie has some structural issues. Um, I think there is a lack of character development. This is the first installment of a series of soon to be six movies. And uh, we really lack some some development especially in the, the character of indiana jones um pacing is all over the place uh, and this as well uh we have like very fast and kind of overwhelming act- action scenes versus like oddly paced um quieter moments and um it it's it feels a little weird um another thing that i noticed is we have like one female character in this and she's like the classic damsel in distress which you know just kind of sparks questions about um like diversity and you know giving people like proper roles and not just the uh oh help me help me i'm so helpless uh, trope and um it's also very cliche it's it's borderline kind of insensitive to multiple cultures so i think this film is kind of problematic on on multiple angles and that red so structurally it's it's a little iffy we don't really learn much about the characters the characters we learn something about it's just very flat um we don't have a lot of diverse set of characters the story itself is a little formulaic as well um and then is reused in later installments and uh, i think what we're left with it's just kind of a very one-dimensional action film, uh, adventure film, 
that uh, doesn't have a lot of sustenance. And um, that's why I think it shouldn't be on this list. I think it's quite interesting that you um, started the conversation talking about um, the character of Marion, uh, who was played by Karen Allen, as being a uh, a damsel in distress. It's um, I think the character introduction where we see her competing against men, um, drinking beer from the table and trying to see who can last the longest, kind of gave you an overview of the kind of character she was. I, I, I think I saw that movie. I never thought she was a damsel in distress. Um, the introduction of, the reintroduction of um, Harrison Ford and her, and the punch she gave him on the face when he reintroduced himself after disappearing from her life for a long period of time was um, also an indication that she was not somebody to be messed with. Um, and throughout the film, um, I, I can see the tropes of being of the damsel in distress because she was caught and um, trapped with uh, the bad guys on, sign- on several occasions. And it eventually became a situation where Indiana Jones had to rescue her. But I think that this movie would have been also, uh, we should also acknowledge that at some point, Indiana Jones was trapped with her too. So this was not something that Indiana Jones himself could overcome. This was just the spot that she was in. I think that if she had an opportunity to escape, she would have escaped because we saw her running around through the the cities in Egypt. And if it wasn't for that monkey who jumped on the top of the basket, she would have gone, she would have made it past all the bad guys. So I would say this is more of an unfortunate situation, but I can I can see the argument about the damsel in distress. Now the character um, was not built up. Very, it's a very interesting um, point you bring up because I thought that the character of Indiana Jones was perfectly, perfectly introduced. We we the movie opens up in a jungle. He has a bunch of people with him. Um, as they move to the jungle, everybody gets afraid. They see things that spook them and they run away. One guy saw birds, somebody saw um, an arrow, and they try to shoot Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones uses the whip and he escapes. Um, and, you know, the last person tries to steal the treasure and he gets trapped in, um, in the cave uh, with spikes all over his body. But Indiana Jones is unfazed throughout this whole scenario. And he's running down the mountain with tribes of people who are shooting poison arrows at him after escaping a treasure, uh, a treasure, uh, a treasure room that was trying to kill him. And he jumps on a plane. And this fearless man that we've been introduced to for the last uh, 10, 20, 10 to 20 minutes gets freaked out because there's a snake in the, in the plane. Um, I think that that's a perfect introduction uh, for this character. And I don't, I don't think we need too much more. And I think that's, that's why this movie is so, we get the, the benefits of what we need to know. We don't get more than we need to know. We get all we need to know about the character. We know he's a treasure hunter. We know he's competent at what he does. We know that he's trying to achieve 
um, to get treasures for the museum because he's doing it in a, an interesting way. Um, but we also get the fact that, you know, he has a dark side to him. And as, as Dr. René Belloc, who was played by Paul Freeman, mentioned on many occasions, the difference between him and Indiana is that they are um, they were in different positions. And he felt like at some point, if Indiana was to be in the same position as he was, they would be exactly the same. So we even got a competent bad guy uh, that he fought against. So I, I thought that, the, I thought that the, the movie was quite good for all the things it was trying to introduce. I thought the characters were quite good. And I also think the argument about the cliche, that's an interesting argument. Um, they had, there was no film like Indiana Jones before Indiana Jones came out. The movies that they, ha- they tried to do, like the ones like the Sierra Madre, um, the Secret of the Incas, were very serious films with long stories. Um, but this was a ride. This basic, this movie was basically one ride after another with little, with a little bit of exposition, and then we're off to the next ride. So, you know, when movies become spectacles, this is an example of a, of a movie that became a significant spectacle. Um, and uh, I thought that the movie kind of flowed uh, from 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 scene to scene effectively. I will not argue against the insensitive to culture point you brought up um, because there is some truth to that, but I do feel like this movie is quite a lot of fun. And I think if the question is, did is this movie fun? Then yes, I, I would go with uh, yes on that. Well, I mean, there there's some some fun and trash movies, right? So I think if you want to take this movie as, as that and you know, have guilty pleasure, I think that's, that's valid. Um, you brought something up that um, actually had a bit of confusion um, when we were watching this. Um, and it's kind of a lack of setup of, of his whole kind of backstory in a way, or his day job. Um, because when we watched it, we both felt like, my husband and I, both felt like um, it felt very British. And, and when you were saying, you know, he was trying to, to steal treasures for, for the museum, it's like, it has to be British. <laughs> but uh, it's not. Right? So it's it, it, American story, dude lives in America, and um, is a professor, and... Um, during the weekends and the semester breaks, he just finds hidden treasures, I guess. Um, I think there's fundamentally just, just a weird imbalance of his professional life versus his adventure life, um, where his skill sets are not necessarily complementary. And it's, it's a little weird. You would think that, you know, he, he can take his strengths as a, as a professor in some shape or form, like yes, he has knowledge, right? But then he also has this very buff adventurer physique, which is kind of contrary to 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 his day job in a way. So um, I just wonder, like, you know, how, how does this guy, you know, find the time to do both? In a way, it, it, like structurally, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think if you think about it a little more, um, yeah, I think the. The frustrating thing with this movie is that the ending sucks. 
too. And it's it's like none of what we witnessed in the last almost two hours had any consequence, really. Um, yes, there's a bunch of dead per- people because they got greedy. But uh, aside from that, we find the thing, we store the thing in the warehouse of things. And that's it. And there's no... Everything that we fought for on this journey was for nothing. And I think that's inherently frustrating. So I think that that's another kind of notch against this film. I do think that, sure, she has this one one, one skill of drinking people under the table, if you go back to the damsel in distress. But that's kind of about it, right? Like, uh, otherwise... She's she's just kind of showing up for the most part. She's kind of bumbling into the plane. Um, the whole thing with the monkey is weird. Like, there's just a lot of, I don't know, it, it just feels very um, contrived, driven. Like, how can we get from A to B to C? But the B is just a very contrived plot device, in a way. Um the snakes thing too like it was introduced early on and you know indiana jones is you know is afraid of snakes but then um they uncovered this tomb this thing that has been shut off for decades for more than decades right for centuries and there's like a billion snakes there all happy happy as a clam <laughs> Um, so, so this like I understand why, and I understand it's it's kind of a creepy thing, and they they redo that in the second movie too, um, to degree different animals, but it it does make sense, and that's kind of it's frustrating uh, that that we have this because it's supposed to give tension, but it's just illogical and weird. Um, so yeah, I found this this watch kind of frustrating to be honest. So that's why I gravitated towards speaking against this today. Um, not, I don't put it on high as a pedestal as uh, I think a lot of people do just because I, I think it's, it's clunky and it's, yeah, I don't know. It didn't give me anything really. I mean, that's quite interesting that you have this uh, view on it. Um, I would have, I really would have thought that, you know, this was a, high rollicking, frolicking film for everybody. But I will say this, your observation about the lives and the secret lives of Indiana Jones is quite interesting because in some ways it does feel like he's a James Bond of archaeology. He was created to make archaeology seem like it's a lot of fun, right? Um, And I think that he does a good job of uh, being the everyman uh, being stuck in a world where, um, you know, he's going through dangerous things on the weekend. One of the things that happened in the film that always makes me laugh is that um, he was going through this whole uh, situation in uh, the jungle as it was running down. This guy was trying to catch the biggest fish of his life. Um, and... Uh, he thought twice about starting the engine because he felt like he needed to get that fish. When he eventually does start the engine and they fly away, 
they go to the university, remember? And, the you know, the professor who was paid by uh, Denholm Elliott, the Dr. Marcus, comes in um, and says, um, and Indiana, yeah, Indiana asks him, hey, uh, do you want to know how my weekend went? And he went, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> Basically, acknowledging the fact that nobody's as interested in Indiana Joe's life outside of what they need him to, um, which is also an acknowledgement for the audience, uh, for them to realize that, you know, his backstory, his weekends, maybe keep that off the books. Just worry about what we show you. Um, I thought it was a good touch. Um, I also, I also, I am beginning to understand your point a little about the um, Marion character. Yes, she does drink uh, people under the bus, uh, but she was never able to drink Dr. Rene off uh, because he was drinking their family wine, so he was used to it. So her powers had limits. Um, <laughs> it was quite interesting to see her reaction as they went on because the moment he drank it the first time, you thought that she had got him. Uh, and as they went on, he, you realize that this is his family drink, so he's been drinking this all his life. He's entirely resistant to it. But what are the small um, nuggets of humor that you get in this film, which is an entirely funny film? There are many moments in this film that are classic, including the scene where uh, the, the swordsman arrives um, and you know he starts to swing his sword in all directions, and Indiana Jones just brings out his guns and shoot shoots. Um, that had never been done in any film. It was very surprising to everyone. And it's one of those moments where you go, oh, the problem is they've tried to reproduce that scene many, many times in many, many Indiana Jones films. Um, but it never hits you as much as the first time you see it. And watching that scene again made me laugh. Um, I also think that um, there were many, that one of the things that I really appreciated about Indiana Jones was the fact that they made him human. When he comes out and they're on the submarine, you can see that, you know, he's hurt all over his body. He's not just a James Bond character who goes through all the pain and still has a smashing bud uh, after all of it. He's he's bandaged up and he's using that to gain sympathy uh, from the character of Marion. I thought that the sexual chemistry between the two of them was very good. And I could buy at the very end that they would be, end up being together. So it, you know, it was a little bit disappointing to see that she wasn't part of the other, you know, internet Jones films, but that's not the conversation we're having today. Um, I thought, you know, a lot of the characters in this movie um, were memorable. Alfred Molina's character was very memorable. Every time I watch him, I never forget who he is, which which is a good way to stand out. John Reese davis who played Salah, the Egyptian counterpart to Indiana Jones, was very good in this film, very memorable. Um, and I think that overall, this movie felt like a a ride. Um, you jumped on the ride, you go from set piece to set piece, um, and you enjoy the moments as it is. In fact, the you know, the while they were driving in the trucks through the desert, that was such an interesting scene because it showed that Indiana Jones could think ahead. He gets pushed off the truck, he falls to the front, he bends all the cables, 
and then he forces the next guy who gets pushed out of the car to fall out because there's nothing to hang on to. It just shows a level of, of depth in his thoughts. And I think that it shows the character in good light. So yeah, Indiana Jones, um, I thought the movie was excellent. I absolutely love this film. Um, and I think it deserves to be where it's at on this list. Hmm, interesting. I, you know, the, 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 the part of me is like you were saying, oh, it makes uh, archaeology and, and history cool, right? So it's, it's almost like it's, it's, it's done by the, by the, um, you know, uh, archaeology lobby to, to drive people into this line of work kind of giving you the imagination of like, this is what, what this work is like, right? Um, like you teach about this at, at day and then you hunt for treasures at night. Um, logistically, it's it's just very wonky. Kind of similar to Jurassic Park, I'm sure, right? Where I'm sure there's so many kids that got inspired to go into um, paleontology, right? And then and, <laughs> they're confronted with... Um, little brushes and kind of brushing sand off of or dirt off of bones. Um, not as flashy, not as cool, right? So, yeah, I mean, you bring up a good thing about the, you know, a ride, and I, I have some comments on that in the in the sidebar. Um, like, is it enjoyable? Sure. Could it be better? Yes. And I think, like, they tried capitalizing on, on the success of this movie, uh, with like I said now five sequels um, and I guess the question is have they ever been able to capture the magic as you know as you see it in a way uh, of this one I don't know I'm I'm just kind of frustrated by the plot armor that he has I'm frustrated by quite a few things it's it's like I say, it's just a movie that's very inconsequential. And if you think about it a little longer, a lot of it doesn't make any sense. And that's that's frustrating me. And that's why I'm saying that uh, probably shouldn't be this high on the list. I I do think that the uh, the plot armor conversation is is justified, especially if you look at the first twenty minutes of the film as they go through the whole um, the whole uh, cave. Yep. Uh, the treasure cave. Um, you can see that he's seen things that other people haven't, and we see the consequences of other archaeologists who've gone into those rooms who were not competent enough to notice, like the, the one about the light. And he was like, stay away from the light, and he put something in, and we see the, the, the uh, arrows being shot out of the wall. Um, I think that that kind of shows that he is somebody who can see things, so when the plot armor comes, it becomes a little less apparent because we get the idea that, all right, this guy knows how to uh, make decisions quickly. He can see things far away. I mean, the, the fight with the German, uh, the, the, the soldier uh, by the plane that eventually ended up, you know, with minced meat um, was quite interesting too because he was out of his depth in the fight. Um, he saw the opportunity uh, and just decided to just lay down and let you know nature take its path, or should I say, the the wings, the the, the propellers take their their due. 
Um, I think those kinds of scenarios are things where we can agree uh, that, okay, he's not infallible, which is the worst kind of plot armor. He's not infallible. We see him injured. We see him, um, the effects of all the actions he has on his body. We see all of that. Um, and I feel like because of that, um, I we can buy the plot armor. We can swallow the plot armor a little bit better, um, because even the even the the dates when he was about to eat the dates, the guy um, um, reaches for it and grabs it just before the Dr. Sala reaches for it, grabs it right before it hits his mouth. Um, that's not plot armor. That's just luck. And there was a justification for it because the monkey was on the ground, dead. So it's like, okay, there's plot armor, right, to move the story along. But the great thing about this is that the plot armor is so competently explained that it's difficult for you to just point your finger and say, that is bad filmmaking. Ooh, I have an example for you, though. So we, we get on the submarine, right? The Germans come with their, with their U-boat. And he's uh, he's swimming across to get uh, on the submarine, but he doesn't go in. And then we have one of these traveling montages, and the Germans say "Tauchen, Tauchen, dive, dive!" Right? So they they're taking the submarine down, but he's not in the submarine. We see we see the the traveling montage to that island where the the, the finale of the film happens, and we just see him in the in the the submarine. What do you call it? A wharf hangar. I don't know, the cave, right, where, where they park the thing. And um, he's wet because he was in water all the time. But, you know, so how – that doesn't make any – like, that's frustrating, <laughs> frustratingly bad for me, right? Because it's uh, – how is he supposed to to survive that? Um, and that is plot armor right there, right? It's, 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 it's convenience because we know we need to get to this place – we know the Germans get there by via submarine, but there's no way for him to get into a submarine and hide because uh, there's no place, right? So you just don't acknowledge it, but it doesn't make any sense, um, and that's frustrating. I think this, yeah. I have no uh, arguments against that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the no. monkey. As much as I didn't like the monkey, at least they the, the monkey serves multiple purposes in this. Mm. You know, um, first as kind of a foe, and then as a friend, and then as a sacrificial lamb. But um, yeah, the submarine thing is just bad, 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 bad. I didn't know that Talhund meant uh, dive, dive. Well, if yeah. that if that was what it meant, we shouldn't have survived that whole trip. Right. Um, but yeah, I can, I can, I can see, I can see your point there. I can see your point there. But he could have had like a, a, an umbrella and just hung it straight <laughs> to the stuff to the submarine and just floated with it. I don't know. That it, it, it definitely is a big plot hole that wasn't explained properly. Right. Yeah. Oh well, happy to go to the sidebar and and uh, give some positive thoughts on this. All right, I'm ready to go to the sidebar too. Overruled. Sidebar. Guilty. Speculation. Hearsay. Bailiff. Briefcase. Disregard. In my chamber. Stop Beaver on the witness. Arrest. We could totally be lawyers. So uh, you brought up uh, this. This is like a right. I think the second movie is is even even worse, even better than that. But um, I have to to 
chat briefly. So the thing that I found interesting, having been to Disneyland recently and having been on the Indiana Jones ride, um, which I love, it's it's a fun ride, um, is how you can tell how they lifted scenes from this movie and then reimagined, recontextualized them in into the ride. The story of the ride is different, defining a different treasure, but you can clearly tell like Raiders of the Lost Ark is in the ride. And the craziest thing is the, um, the there's music towards the end of this that is in this ride. And I'm like, oh, that's very interesting. So it's like, I always thought they really just tell a different story, but on the ride, but they're not. They're technically telling this story, but um, and and lift a lot of it. But um, yeah, I thought that was very fascinating. That was kind of cool, just kind of as a person who's been on the ride a few times. All in all, it, this is a fun movie, sure. Right, I I think uh, it aged okay, but it looks kind of wonky here and there. There's some beautiful matte paintings that you can tell that are matte paintings, but they're pretty. Like at uh, the very end, the the box uh, and like when when they have the crate and put it in storage, like a lot of that is matte painting. It looks beautiful, it's great, but uh, you know it's it's matte painting. We don't do this anymore. Um, the action scenes are enjoyable, but sometimes a little too long, I think. Um, but at least you can tell what's going on, unlike recent action movies. So yeah, overall, it's, it's a fun ride. Like the the music is fun. You can tell, uh, very prominent still in in culture. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I still don't think it's like that great, but it, it's a fun fun movie. What do you think? I, I I I like I said. I think this movie is. Um, you know, I'm going to give this away a little, but this is my favorite Indiana Jones movie of all time, uh, followed by The Last Crusade, uh, and then The Temple of Doom. Um, I haven't seen the, the, the latest one, but I can say for sure that if I had to rank them, you know, Crystal Scores is probably last, um, but I'm going to, I'm going to give Crystal Scores a little bit of, um, of props because you know the crystal skulls it's like you have the idea of indiana jones in your head um but the crystal skulls did something that was very similar to the old indiana jones films but because it's so cg heavy it feels like you're taken away from the film this movie had a lot of practical effects you could feel like the character was in place uh, which is the problem that Crystal Skull has. It doesn't feel like you're in there with the character. At all times, you felt like Indiana Jones was right in the middle of all of this. Uh, and you, I mean, even in the action scenes, it, they felt coherent when you watched them. I didn't think the action scenes were too long. Um, but the music is just incredible. Once you hear it, it gets stuck in your head. It's like I was making coffee this morning and I was humming the Indiana Jones theme. It's kind of how it is, man. I, I, I love this film significantly. I think this movie um, is exactly where it needs to be. I don't think it should be generally higher because, like you said, there are some plot armor. There are some plot points. There's some problems with the film. But I think that this movie deserves to be where it's at. Um, 
conservatively. Um, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, do you think that it's better than the Italian film we watched? Um, <laughs> Life is good or whatever. That I would say yes. But I don't think this movie should be getting like awards um, because it serves a different purpose. The characters are not so strong. You know, Indiana Jones, we know him from a periphery. All the characters are very fleeting. We just know their motivations. That's all we do. We don't know who Indiana Jones is. We just know that he's motivated to find stuff. So it's it's good on that particular front. Um, and that's all we need to know for the ride that we're on. And I think that for the movie, it's very competent at what it's trying to achieve. So it's a great film. Watch it. If you haven't, why haven't you watched it? Were you born yesterday? Watch this movie. You love it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so music is interesting because so we are going through all the Indiana Jones movies now, um, leading up to the new one that's coming out. Um, and saw uh, the second one yesterday. And interestingly enough, they in that movie. There's um there's a theme, I think it's the theme for the kids like the the, the slave kids, um, and you can it, you can so hear the Mandalorian theme in there, so which is cool because I I I cannot I wouldn't be shocked if if that theme was kind of an inspiration because you know you have this kind of it fits like with the Mandalorian in a way so um I thought that was very interesting just to like that's the Mandalorian I did the the DiCaprio meme thing. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Uh, that's that music. Um, so that's cool. It's cool to to see the influence, I guess, that right, these movies have. Um, like I said, in, in terms of rides, it, it's kind of fascinating to me that Disney hasn't done a indoor mine roller coaster thing for the second movie. Uh, that seems like a very natural capitalization of the story. Um, and they like indoor dark coasters. So it's it's surprising they haven't done that yet. But um, and that, I doubt they will now. But um, yeah, it's it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's a little stupid. Um, the effects look a little goofy, but it's eighty one, right? Like uh, clearly, it's always a fine balance, right? Like because on one hand you have these great sets, and it looks great, and then like whenever they do kind of special effects that are trickery and of some sorts, like when they open the the um the chest thing um like these spirits and whatever the fire comes out that looks a little goofy like when the fell's face melts <laughs> that's a little goofy but it's kind of cool too because it's practical yeah. right so so like i have a soft spot for a practical gory effect stuff um <laughs> but yeah i mean it's 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 just goofy yeah. in a way right but but it's it's goofy fun it's goofy fun. I, the interesting thing is Mandel, um, the composer of this is John Williams, like you know, mm -hmm. who also did the Star Wars. And the Mandalorian themes were based on, you know, the existing Star Wars themes. So I can see why the person who is um, who did the Mandalorian uh, composer, which was Ludwig Göransson, Mm -hmm. could have gotten inspiration from something like Indiana Jones and tried to create something for the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I, I, um, I think it's a little bit more than goofy for me. I think this movie is a nostalgia in a cup. Um, and every time I watch it, I sip that nostalgia in. Uh, it's great. Um, because I watched this movie as a kid. 
But I will say that the second film is, uh, if your argument about insensitivity for the first oh, one, yeah. Is, oh yeah, this this third for the second one, oh god, that movie is insensitive on many fronts. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, that's that's all I have about Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Cool. Yeah, that's all, all I have as well. Uh, next up, another Disney. Well, Indiana Jones didn't start as a Disney entity, I suppose, right? So yeah. um, there was there was inherited Disney, but another, I guess, inherited Disney. I don't even know. Wally wasn't it a Pixar movie? Yes, Wally is a Pixar film. Yeah, Disney Pixar. Yeah, I've seen this movie once, so. I know. We'll see what that's about. But um, Wally, yeah, I've seen this film quite a few times. Uh, I really like it. Um, but it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this movie is just a precursor to one of the films that I think both of us are going to enjoy talking about: yep. the lives of others, um, which is was my favorite film of two thousand and six, without a doubt. Um, And it's caused uh, friction between my brother and I because he took my Blu-ray, never returned it. Um, (laughs) So, you know, Wally is going to be an interesting conversation, but I'm curious to know what you think about uh, the lives of others. So listeners, be prepared for that episode when it comes around. Right. Because I'm going to talk about it in German now. Uh, but yeah, so Wally, Wally is interesting because speaking of Disney properties and, and you know like how they use their IPs, Wally doesn't appear anywhere. It's almost mm. like they're not really proud of that movie, which is weird. Like I know it's kind of revered as this cute little, you know, but maybe people are are a little feel a little too much called out when when we get to that ship. Uh, um, the movie is about uh, anti-consumerism. And how, you, how we become reliant on consumerism instead of focusing on the most more important things in our lives. Disney is a consumer consumer company, and I think that uh, they're not going to be promoting the ideas in that film so fast, so 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 highly. So I can totally understand why it's not promoted more. Doesn't mean it's not an excellent film. I guess yeah, we'll find it, out next week. Right? Yeah, we will. Our exactly. next episode. Yeah. Um, okay, until then, where can people find us? We can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook on at Movie Mistrial, or you can send us an email at contact at moviemistrial.com. All right, well, we'll look forward to hearing from you. And keep and, and don't forget to leave us a like and, That's a, right. and a review on our podcast. We really yeah. appreciate it. Everything helps. Let's go through the whole youtube mantra subscribe it always helps (laughs) it does it does and uh yeah happy pride everybody all right have a good one good one bye